When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a busy hour coming up. Uh, stay with us right through until 6 o'clock here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. All thanks, as you heard, uh, to Toolmart, the complete tool centre where you get the right tool from the start. Hazamato return for the run home again tomorrow being Friday between 3 and 5. Having a look at the uh, forecast for tomorrow, they were forecasting a bit of wet activity. Now they're saying 0 to 1 millimetre of showers. So it looks like being predominantly fairly dry tomorrow. And I know that Christina Matthews, who is the chief executive of the West Australian Cricket Association, has been looking up to the heavens and looking at the radar because we've got at the moment the all-conquering per scorchers in the WBBL about to take to the field for their latest match in WBBL for this season. And we go live to the Wacker now, Christina. A very good evening to you. Good evening, Peter. How's it looking? Yeah, it's um, clearing up. There's a few clouds around, but I think they've passed over. Um, the good thing is it's dark enough for us to have our new lights on, so it's very exciting. Oh, tell us about the new lights. Is this the first time they'll be on show? Yeah, yeah. So we've got four towers complete, which is more than enough lights at the moment. Um, we've been testing them all week, and they're fantastic. About 3,000 lux, which is way more than we need, and uh, they look fantastic. In fact, I probably can see them from our studio set up here at Optus Stadium, Christina. They do look fantastic. You probably could. They're, e- <laughs> they're even lining up my studio here. Saying that, for those people that recall the Wacker, how much brighter is the Wacker compared to the uh, old days, if we can term it that way, when we used to go and watch night cricket? Well, much, much brighter. So uh, when we get the fifth tower up, it's... Uh, it's going to be a massive spotlight, let me tell you that. Fantastic. How's the redevelopment all coming together? Yeah, it's going along well. I mean, like all construction projects in Perth at the moment, um, it's a little slower than we would have hoped, and the cost has um, increased, as of all projects. But um, we're getting um, bits and pieces done along the way, so probably start at the end of October, um, really clearing the northern side of the ground so when the main contract's sorted, they can go straight into construction. So we get a a lot of stuff that people can't see at the moment, electrical cabling underground and, you know, you find out all sorts of things. All the all the electrical mm. cabling is under the paying surface. So we've got to reroute it um, into other areas. So some interesting things happening that uh, people probably can't see. But, um, you know, the final demolition will be happening over the next couple of months. Mm. I believe that the Scorchers women uh, have won the toss and have decided to bowl there at the Wacker tonight. You must be so proud of uh, our Perth Scorchers in the WBBL. They are one of the big brands in the competition, aren't they? Yeah, look, it's really good that our, both our men's and women's team is so dominant in the competition, and we've been able to build a really good mix of imports and local players um, who have all gelled really well together, and it's exciting tonight to be celebrating um, the, the trophy from uh, last summer and have it on display, and, uh, you know, they've got a good guard of honour for them this morning. 
well, this afternoon um, as the uh, trophy is brought out on display. So, yeah, really exciting. They're just leading the competition in all sorts of way and, and started again this year really well. What's it like to have a bit of normality with a home and away season? I'll tell you what, it was... We kind of was going, gee, we're busy. Why are we busy? And then you realise you, <laughs> you haven't had games for a while. But, yeah, it's really exciting to have it back. I mean, we've had staff who've kind of been working for us for over a year who've never seen the venue dressed up. So mm. they're going, gee, it looks good when it's all dressed up. And we go, yeah, it's always like that. And then we go, oh, well, it hasn't been for two and a half years. So, um, you know, it's really nice um, uh, to see it all um, in its glory. Saying that, uh, you've got some real star power in the WBBL with the Perth Scorchers, led by Sophie Devine, who's just a wonderful cricketer to go and watch. You're one of those players probably you'd cross the road to go and view. Look, she's outstanding. And, you know, each year, I mean, this is her third year with us, uh, each year she's developing her game as well. When she came to us, she would have thought that she was the complete player, but she keeps improving. And the way she's batted in the first um, couple of games and, and led the team on the field has been outstanding. And I think the younger players have grown with us, which is um, terrific. I'll tell you what was interesting. I mentioned this on radio earlier during the week, Christina. I was at home on Sunday afternoon, it may have been, and I flicked at one stage and I viewed the WBBL and the Scorchers were in action, I think, against the Hobart Hurricanes on that occasion. Yeah. And then I flicked over and the Constellation Cup was on between the Australian Diamonds and the Silver Ferns down there in New yeah. Zealand. And then I flicked mm. again and the AFLW was on and the Fremantle Dockers were doing battle, I think, with Collingwood up at Fremantle Over. And I thought to myself, I don't recall, and who would have thought 10 years ago that women's sport would be so dominant and all being played at high-profile venues all at once? I know. It's it's amazing. I mean, we're spoiled for choice now. And, um, you know, the, gone are the comments about whether it's good quality or not. Everybody accepts it is good quality. It's different to whatever the men's version is. But it is um, good quality cricket. And, um, you know, I often say that um, the development, a bit like tennis rackets, the development of the cricket bat has probably been a negative for the men's game because it's given too much power in the game, mm. where it's really helped the women's get that balance of... Um, uh, strength and touch. Yeah, saying that, uh, when you look at the amount of women's sport now, how competitive does it become in the marketplace these days? Yeah, look, it's it, what you expect, which is you bring your best um, self to every performance and every event you put on, and, and that will um, keep you ahead of the game. But it is really competitive, and there's really good opportunities for young girls, knowing that they've got choice um, now. And the way the sports are, um, you know, apart from, you know, I think it's really unfortunate that AFLW and WBBL are on the same time. But with other sports, you can still play multiple sports, which um, stopped being an option many years ago for um, the men. Very shortly, I'll be speaking to Darcy Short. Uh, of course, uh, the West Australian side under Adam Voges held on. Uh, they got a draw in that game where they played on a yeah. road there at the Junction Oval. And saying that, on Saturday here, uh, it all starts England and Afghanistan in the first of five uh, ICC World T20 matches. It's all happening on this side of the country. It sure is. And, like, it's really exciting to have um, World T20 at Optus Stadium because that stadium, it's almost purpose-built for T20 cricket. Um, with all the bells and whistles, um, the pace of the wicket, it, it'll be really exciting to hear, uh, to see multiple teams playing there. We've got England 
you know, on Saturday, Australia on um, Tuesday. Um, we've got India, South Africa. I mean, there's just so much quality cricket coming up over the next month. And it's going to be a real pity uh, because we've got India and Pakistan playing at the MCG on Sunday. They reckon they've sold 100,000 yeah. tickets and there is the threat mm. of being a very wet weekend in Melbourne. So it would be a bit of a dampener if those games didn't go ahead. Of course, Australia plays New Zealand on the Saturday. Christina, I need to ask you this question before I let you go because no doubt you want to sit down yeah. and watch the Perth Scorchers women do their bit because the match is underway. Yeah. Um the sponsorship scenario, which all of a sudden, it's like the Pied Piper, started with the netball, it was followed by the cricket, uh, Pat Cummings made a couple of interesting comments the other day, and then the Fremantle Dockers, of course, were in the news in the last 24 hours, without sort of uh, putting you on the spot, are we likely to see more of this going forward, do you think? probably are going to see more of it going forward. But what we've got to be careful of is really understanding what the issue is for every sport. Um, we all know that we can't stop mining and oil and gas production tomorrow. Um, and I think it's important to understand and be able to work with those companies about how they are reducing their carbon footprint. Um, so I think we've got to be really talking about, let's just talk, not take the money out. Let's understand and work with the companies who are trying to change um, what they've traditionally done. But I, I do think it's going to become a bigger and bigger issue. Good on you, Christina. Thanks for joining us. And go the Perth Scorchers. Let's hope they make it three from three at the Wacker tonight. Uh, thanks for joining us on okay. the program. Thank you very much. Good Bye. on you. Christina Matthews, the CEO of the West Australian Cricket Association. So at the moment, the Wacker hasn't been touched, but we know what Pat Cummings said about Alinta uh, just the other day. And Christina feels that uh, it'll be more of an issue going forward. But as someone said to me today, you stop mining tomorrow and all of a sudden Australia could almost go broke. So we've just got to be a bit uh, diplomatic and a bit sensible and a bit of common sense needs to prevail uh, going forward. Speaking of going forward, on the other side of the break, I'll be speaking to Darcy Short. He's going to have a chat to us. Gee, it was hard going for four days at the Junction Oval in Melbourne, in the end, WA got out f with a draw. Five for 185 in their second innings after Victoria declared at four for 661. And Peter Hanscom, to be fair, credit where credit's due, he decided the captain of Victoria to declare and he was on the verge of making his first triple century in first-class cricket. He was just 18 runs short of his first ever triple century made by uh, Peter Hanscom. It was uh, one of the tough days for the WA boys from a bowling perspective. Darcy Short bowled 20 overs, and in the end, he and Hilton Cartwright had to put a partnership together to stave off what was a bit of a Victorian fight back late in the day today. We'll speak to Darcy Short next here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Yes, uh, welcome back. Uh, shortly, Darcy Shorts can have a chat to us from the WA cricket team. By the way, in that match, ended up in a draw. As we know, WA made 466 in their first innings and Victoria declared at four for 616. Peter Hanscom, 282 not out. Thank you very much. And at one stage, WA in a bit of trouble. They were about three for 19, five for 122 before Hilton Cartwright and Darcy Short came together 
to just steady the ship a fraction. Uh, Darcy Short made 39 not out and Hilton Cartwright 76 not out. But early on, they'd lost Bancroft for six, Wiley for two, and also um, Whiteman for two. In fact, sorry, Wiley for 11, Whiteman for two, and Bancroft for six. And were struggling somewhat uh, at three for 19, as I mentioned earlier, but they steadied the ship and got out of trouble. And with a draw in that match, just the uh, ICC T20 World Cup matches, the first rounders, uh, earlier today, Sri Lanka beat the Netherlands. We spoke to Ryan Campbell, the coach of the Netherlands, on the program last night. And in the end, it was Sri Lanka by 16 runs. And the Netherlands chasing 163 for victory. Sri Lanka made six for 162. Batted out the 20 overs, but could only muster nine for 146. So they wait now nervously to see if they progress through to next week's ICC World T20 round being the second round or the Super 12s as they term it because the United Arab Emirates are taking on Namibia and the UAE currently three for 113 in the 17th over being played down there in Geelong. Three for 113 in the 17th over against Namibia. And then we will find out what that game is completed, which two teams from that group will progress through to the Super 12s. But joining us now, by the way, an early wicket for the Scorchers too in uh, the match being played at the Wacker, the WBBL, uh, the Melbourne Stars, who were put into bat uh, one for one after eight balls. One for one after eight balls. It's uh, coming up 17 past five. Uh, it certainly was a pretty tough four days of cricket at the Junction Oval in Melbourne. And joining us is WA All-Rounder in Darcy Short. Darcy, thanks for your time. Good, mate. Thanks for having me. That was hard work over those four days, wasn't it, there at the Junction Oval? You're playing basically I... in a driveway. Yeah, it definitely was hard work, um, especially when you haven't played a four-day game for oh, close to six to eight months. So, um, no, it was, it was hard work, but, um, yeah, it was good toil. A bit nervous at one stage uh, today. As we know, Victoria declared that massive total of, what, four for 616. And at one stage, well, what, three, four, 19, five for 122 and still behind. So all of a sudden, did the players get a bit nervous about what was transpiring? Uh, I don't know about the other blokes, but um, I felt pretty comfortable going out there and batting. And, um, I know if I stuck to, stuck to my plans, I, I felt like, um, yeah, we, we were going to, we we're going to see it out, but um, you never know. On on day four wickets, some some sometimes some things can happen, and um, yeah, we we I guess batted out well for me and Hilton batted out well for a draw, and yeah. Yeah, you did. Uh, Hilton Cartwright seventy six not out. Darcy Short thirty nine not out. You did bat well at the end. I heard that that Hilton came in for a bit of uh, treatment. Uh, copped a few on the body, I believe. Yeah, Hilton just. Um, Try to be a brick wall, um, probably trying to soften that ball up, but um, with the ball hitting. But I guess, um, yeah, he just had a game plan and, and stuck to it, and um, yeah, it was good to watch. I'm fascinated. Uh, you know, I've played cricket for many years, but not at the level yourself. But how Peter Hanscom can make 281 not out, Sam Harper 132 not out. They declared at lunch, and how things could change so much. Uh, after lunch, with WA losing three quick wickets, and as I said, at one stage, 522, the Vicks were sniffing possibly unlikely victory. How can the dynamics of a game change so quickly? 
Uh, I guess cricket's a funny game, isn't it? Um, you play it for four days. Sometimes you get a draw that doesn't even look like having a chance, and then um, you get to get to days like today where they get a bit of a sniff, they get an early wicket, and um, they get their tails up. Uh, and yeah, like some like things can just happen in a, in a hush, in a hurry. Sorry, and then. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I never felt like, to me, I never felt like we were we were always under the pump that much. It was just I just knew that if we had batted for for long enough, then um, it was always going to fizzle out in the end. You bowled twenty overs, took none for one hundred and two. Was there anything in the track at all for you? Uh, a little, but not anything that's going to scare batters really. Um, like it was, it was quite wide, and I had to come around the wicket to try and hit it most of the time. There was nothing. Nothing in the middle of the wicket to, to try and get anything out of. Um, but once you get to the ball that's 60, 60 or 70 overs old, like it's pretty soft, so um, it doesn't really, really do much off the wicket anyway. When you look at young Corey Rocciolli, he bowled 45.2 overs, uh, took the one wicket, uh, one for 154. A young man, but I reckon he'll still be feeling every muscle in his body tonight. Uh, yeah, yeah, he might do tonight, I think. Um, but young Rocky, he's he's very uh, very all about his recovery, and he's been in the ice bath every every day this week and um, looking after himself. But he um, he definitely loves bowling, so I think he might just play it off and say he's he's all good and um, keep going. I reckon if you ask him tomorrow to bowl another fifteen, he probably will. I was just going to ask you, how do you see his development? Of course, this week he got the invitation to join the Melbourne Renegades in the Big Bash competition, which is terrific for young uh, Corey. Tell us about your thoughts on his development and where he's likely to go after, of course, taking on a huge responsibility today to bowl 45-plus overs. Yeah, I think he's come in leaps and bounds in the last couple of years um, and then showing, I guess, over the, these four days that he's um, pretty reliable and then I think he's going for less than um, under threes there for, for 45 overs. So, um, although he didn't really beat the rewards of, of taking more than one wicket, um, I think he bowled very well. And, um, yeah, he, he, he's got a, got a nice variation. And um, I think him, him signing with the Renegades is only going to um, give him that more experience to, to, I guess, bowl with a white ball as well mm. um, and, and just give him more opportunities. Of course, you've got a day off tomorrow. Then you play a one-day match, the Australia Cup match, against the Vicks on Saturday. Uh, you're probably looking forward to just taking it easy tomorrow. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely in the morning. I'll probably still come and have a hit tomorrow and get into the white ball mode. And then, um, yeah, it'd be pretty easy and, and, and legs up, I would have thought, for most people. And then, of course, not far away is the Big Bash, and you're going again for the Hobart Hurricanes. You've been there since the season of... 2016-2017. What sort of squad have you assembled uh, this time around? Uh, I think it's a pretty good squad. Um, we're a bit of left field with our overseas signings with three Pakistanis, but I think it's um, I think it's a good one and um, definitely a variety of, of players that we've got. And um, yeah, hopefully we can we can put it all together this year and um, bring them a title. Tell us about your experience uh, around the globe. You played at Durham, Hampshire, and and the Trent Rockets. Tell us about the Trent Rockets. Yeah, it was uh, definitely an interesting way of playing cricket. I think it's just a still kind of like a T20, but you bowl ten balls from from one end, and uh, I guess 
if you, if you get the same bowler bowling ten balls, it can it can go pretty quickly from you, and um, the game changes in, in a hurry. And um, I guess you just don't have that lull like you do sometimes in T20 cricket, where batters feel like they got a bit of time to get themselves in. I think you you don't have as much time as what you think in in a hundred ball, and um, you kind of have to have to go pretty much straight away, which is which I think I like, and it's quite exciting for the fans. So you don't you don't mind the format. No, I don't mind it at all. Um, I think it's something a little bit different, and um, yeah, I think it's definitely here to stay, especially in the UK. Um, I think they all love it over there, and um, the boys that have played it love it as well. So um, it's, I think it's a good format. Yeah, and the hundreds really taken off to the point of view where all of a sudden they're going to try and cram in the Ashes series, so it doesn't encroach on time that where they can play the hundred. It's really taken off in the UK, hasn't it? Yeah, I think I like that in terms of trying to have the, your. Um, I guess your international players playing in it as well and, and making it a bit stronger. Um, obviously hard for us when we've got um, test matches on as well, so we can't have everyone playing in it. But, um, yeah, I think I think it's definitely something that they want to keep trying to do is keep the, uh, the level of, of players in it playing and having their international players or their hard-profile players playing. Yeah, and of course the Trent Rockets were the 120-22 champions. But it would have been definitely would have been nice and to be there for the, for the win this year, but I, but I wasn't there, unfortunately. Yeah, no doubt you welcome any other opportunity to play in the 100 again uh, going forward? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's a great place to go play cricket, especially when we've got an, uh, the off-season here. And um, I, I love playing county cricket over there, and especially the T20s and the Vitale Bath and, and also the 100. You've done all right from a boy that was born in Catherine, spent some time in Darwin, went to Adelaide and settled in Perth. You've done OK, Das. So congratulations on your cricket so far and good luck for the match on Saturday. Thanks, mate. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, nice to have a chat to you, Das. Uh, Das is short joining us here on Drive with Peter Vlahos on this Wednesday. It's overcast Wednesday, but as I mentioned, I don't think we're going to get too much rain at all. At one stage, we're looking up to five mils. Now it's back to one mil possibly tomorrow. So... With a bit of luck, you may not get anything. And we're looking forward, of course, uh, for it to be nice and dry on Saturday when the ICC T20 campaign kicks off here in Perth with England against Afghanistan. Uh, i tell you what, the United Arab Emirates are going bang, bang, bang. They've clobbered a couple of sixes here in the final over. And now they are sitting quite comfortably. And they're certainly putting up a competitive total. Three for 133 against Namibia in the final over. So if they keep going, they could probably post around about maybe one mid-140s, even close to 153 for 133. Five balls to go. And uh, we'll give you the uh, full time after 20 over score for the UAE in just a moment. All right, uh, just before we take a break, uh, we've got something very special on the other side of the break. I'm going to introduce Jimmy Williams, my producer, onto the program. Now, Greg Smith for 20 years, has been a cartoonist. And, of course, when West Perth won the grand final, he put together a caricature. And guess who's featured in it? Jimmy Williams. Now, I'm going to throw a question out to everybody now, and I'm going to throw it to Jimmy. If you were offered a jersey signed by every player in the team and it was given to you, which team, regardless of getting this jersey with everybody signing it, you would still not support them? 
you would still not support them, even though you'd have a great piece of memorabilia. Hypothetically, if I gave Jimmy an East Perth jumper signed by all the players, would he support East Perth or would he say, I'll never, ever support that club regardless of what you give me? So I'd like to hear from you, is there any shirt, Guernsey, singlet that you could possibly get, but regardless of getting it, you would never support that club because you just don't like them. Give us your thoughts. 0487 736 736. 0487 736 736. That's on the temper at Bedshed text line. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, our listeners. If there's one club that you would never be able to support regardless of all the memorabilia and gifts that they would give you, including signs, singlets, jerseys, as I said, uh, memorabilia of all sorts. Uh, love to hear from you. 0487 736 736. And as we leave the cricket, uh, as we know, Josh Inglis has been ruled out of the T20 World Cup because of that freak uh, hand injury suffered while playing golf. And it's now opened the door. As we know, Cameron Green has been brought into the squad. As we go to the break, the Australian coach, Andrew McDonald, spoke about Cameron Green. Yeah, he's definitely a discussion point um, that anyone that can sort of bat anywhere in the order and can give you a few handy overs, can give you a different look if something were to go wrong um, with your top seven batters. So they're definitely in a discussion. Um, we've seen Nathan Ellis as well. Um, and then you've got the the list of wicketkeeper batsmen that, that are in domestic cricket at the moment, um, which uh, would include McDermott, Philippi and, and Alex Carey, um, the one-day international keeper. So there's a few people to discuss, um, but we've just got to get our heads around what the scenario would look like without a backup keeper if we feel as though there's too much risk in that, then clearly we'll head down that line of, of choosing one of those wicket givers. Silma, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Right. It's coming up 27 to 6. Surely you introduced the greatest cartoonist the world has ever known. But on the temperate bedshed text machine I said if you're given a jersey or a jumper or a singlet or a shirt maybe great piece of memorabilia signed by all the players and it was given to you, you still deep down inside could not support the team because you disliked them so much and I asked you is there any team regardless of what Great treasures they gave you from a memorabilia point of view. Could never support them. Hi, Peter. This is Ryan at Bankshire Grove. As a massive baseball fan, I could never, ever support the Houston Astros. Cheaters that may never made to pay the price. Go Tampa Bay. And Jacko of Birdswood says, never East Perth. Hate, hate, hate. Hate's a strong word, let me tell you, Jacko. Would not wipe my, I'll say, behind with it. So there you go. Now, I'm about to introduce a great cartoonist. He's been doing it now for 20 years and he still makes a lot of people laugh and it makes their day when they have a look at his uh, caricatures and uh, cartoons that he puts together. And of course, he's focused very much on the biggest personalities. He's focused on local and international events in the news, politics, but I know he loves his sport and that's where we're going. Greg Smith, lovely to chat to you again. Uh, hello, Peter. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for the very generous introduction. That's, that's very kind of you. Good to speak to you. It's not bad, is it, mate? You've been going 20 years. I've been going probably about double that in the media. We're just hanging in there, aren't we? 
Uh, actually, I've been going for about 35 years to be... I, I started back in the Daily News days. Oh, yes. So, um, I'm, yeah, just thinking, I, I'm just I'm, thinking I'm about the Sunday busy. Times days. You've probably been there, what, 20 years, haven't you? 20 years, yeah. yeah Getting yeah. under 20 years. It's Good gone, stuff. It's gone by pretty quickly. Now, it came to my attention yesterday... Uh, by the way, who did you support in the WAFL? As a kid growing up, did you support anyone in the WAFL at all? I did. My mum's side of the family at Cormac, so... Uh, East Fremantle? Heavy involvement in East Fremantle, yeah. Wayne and Daryl yeah, and my yeah. granddad played in premiership. Oh, really? With, uh, with, with Old East, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Now, I saw this because you put a premiership caricature together of West Perth winning the Waffle Grand Final. And I couldn't believe that this fella was featured actually in it. Now, I'm just going to replay a bit of the call. He did the call with myself and Steve Malaxis at Leadable Label. Have a listen. There it is. And West Perth have won their first premiership since 2013. Darren Harris let go by Claremont after falling agonisingly short in the 2020 grand final. He comes back to West Perth. So there you go. Did you notice what a team player was there, Greg? I said, there it is. That was the final siren, and I handed over this man. Jimmy, how you going? Yeah, good evening, Pete. Good evening. Very well, very well. Brings back good memories. Yeah, now, yesterday, mm. you, through Greg Smith, who have got on, will be there as a memento of the 2022 Waffle Grand Final success for West Perth. You're actually there... Tell us exactly how you featured before I get to Greg and ask him, how the hell did he get you involved? Well, I was just minding my own business yesterday, Pete, getting the drive with Peter Vala's show ready, the run home with Hayes and Mardo show ready. And Greg Smith, the great man, slides into my DMs and says, hi, Jimmy, trust you well. Going to start promoting a customised premiership poster for fans to order. And I thought, well, I'd want one of them. Yeah. Being a diehard Falcons fan, wondering if you wouldn't mind a cartoon of yourself used for a sample I'll send you the poster when ready. And I was just... I saw it. It was outstanding. So I said, thanks, Smithy. And that's why I wanted to get him on. I wanted to say, thank you, Smithy. Um, The picture is outstanding. I can't wait for it to come in the mail. And hopefully a few people listening are uh, West Perth fans or or footy fans in general. They can go on your website and have a look, mate. I'm really thankful. The poster's awesome. Um, And I'll certainly be getting it framed and hanging it up in my uh, memorabilia room at home. Now, Greg, how did you know of Jimmy Williams and being a fanatic Falcon supporter? Oh, look, I've, I've tuned in a few times and I, there is definitely a bit of red and blue in Jimmy's eyes. So, uh, <laughs> and I thought when I was looking for a uh, potential model for the uh, poster, um, he immediately sprung to mind. So, um, And he's got some good features for a caricature, young Jimmy. So uh, <laughs> he was the perfect candidate. So I hope he enjoys the poster. I tell you, I read an article that was penned, I think it was about 10 years ago, when you were celebrating 10 years in the industry and you put a book out, and there was a quote there. And I'll read it, Jimmy. Have a listen to this. Uh, Smithy did say, he doesn't like drawing good-looking people. His subjects need to have character in their expression. So you're saying that Jimmy's not the greatest-looking character, but he's got plenty of facial expressions, Greg. Oh, look, look, no, this, this is not, not detrimental, detrimental <laughs> to Jimmy at all. He's, he's, a, he's a very handsome young man, and um, but he does have some features that we cartoonists can home in on. So, um, 
No, uh, it was a lot of fun to do, and um, you know, it's uh, it was just an idea that came to mind. You can actually draw uh, the fans into the poster, which is more of a personalised sort of thing. So, um, yeah, we'll see where we go. Uh, you just pop into the website and have a look and, and see what you think. I put it in the group chat, Smithy, and my mates all laughed or loved it. They thought it was brilliant, mate. You've done a, a really good job. But how does someone get into drawing, you know, caricatures like yourself? How did you get into it and how have you been able to do it for so long? Oh well, I was. Um, I started in school when I was a, when I was in primary school. I was drawing caricatures of the teachers and getting in strife, and then mm. um, then I'd uh, I've stumbled across a Rigby book one day. Paul Rigby, the famous cartoonist, and then went through his uh, had to draw cartoon uh, lessons, and then I I, I followed um, his books, and I went to the state library and. Went through all these old cartoons, and uh, and I just had a passion for cartooning. And I somehow I stumbled into a position at the Daily News uh, through an old fellow called Norm Aisbert. Oh yes, remember Norm? Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, he he showed me the ropes along with Alan Langeland. He was mm-hmm. a cartoonist for the Daily Daily News at the time. And um, I, I landed a job as a as a press artist there. Um, and unfortunately, the Daily News went down in 1990, I think. And then I went on to... Uh, I got the editorial cartooning job at Community Newspapers. And, and uh, that led to the Sunday Times. So um, it's been a, a slow progression, but it's, it's just been a, a, a job of passion. And that's why I've, I've kept going, because it's, mm. uh, it's not really a job. Exactly, and that's that's the main thing. Now, I, I don't. He, he's passed on, but there was a guy that I used to go to school with, and you probably know him, Greg. His, guy, his name was Marius Shirovsky, and he used to do exactly the same thing yep. as you. Went under Marius. He used to sit in yeah, class. Yeah. He used to sit in class and strike a pose of whatever the teacher may be doing, and by the end of the forty-five minute lesson, he had. Uh, put something together that was just outstanding. And I gather that's exactly what you did. Can I ask you, before we let you go, just some of the personalities, maybe from a sporting perspective, that you reckon are great fodder for you? Well, sport's fantastic for cartoons because there's, well, particularly in the olden days, the personalities around now, but back... uh, Back when I uh, was first starting with the Sunday Times, you, you have Barry Hall, which was yes. fantastic to do. Um, another favourite was Hayden Ballantyne. I used mm-hmm. to draw him as the uh, with the Tassie Devil wheels going around, <laughs> um, and just just personalities like that that can lend themselves to, to cartoons. Um, who else? I oh, nicknamed Nui, of course, with his with his dreadlocks. Yeah. Um, all those uh, those those bigger than uh, Ben Hur characters that uh, mm-hmm. that you can just draw and exaggerate their features and their antics and it, it just immediately brings uh, it brings a bit of fun to the cartoon. I suppose I need to ask Sandra this question, your lovely wife. But have you always had a sense of humour, or does your humour come out in your cartoons? I guess uh, yeah, I guess I've always had a sense of humour. I think that comes with a job. Um, I think you always have to try and get a point across in a humorous way. So I think a sense of humor definitely definitely comes in handy when you're a cartoonist. So, yeah, I guess I've 
I've always liked the comedic side of life, so um, yeah, that's. Uh, I think I've had that since uh, since the day dot. All right, if you want to see Jimmy in all his glory, where can we see a great souvenir for any garlic muncher, cardinal, falcon supporter? Where can they see Greg Smith's work of art? Well, mate, you can uh, flick on to smithycartoons.com.au. Smithy and, uh, Cartoons, S M I T H Y Cartoons dot com dot au dot com dot au, and yeah, just just follow the prompts, and uh, there you'll see Jimmy. Good on you, Greg. Thanks for joining us, mate, and uh, congratulations. I've seen that you've done a great job, really have. And Jimmy looks like it looks like a baby photo of Jimmy. Actually, it's that good. <laughs> good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us, and hopefully, catch up soon. Thanks a lot, Pete. Thanks, Okay. Uh, Greg uh, Smith joining us here on the program. Have a look. It is really good. Okay. Uh, jumpers, Guernseys, singlets that you would never wear regardless of what uh, attractions were offered to you. Hi, Peter. Even if Frio threw in a million dollars with their jumper and other merchandise, I could never support them. By the way, great start by the Scorchers. They are on fire. Yeah, three for 43 at the moment, the Melbourne Stars. In the ninth over, that's from good old Lease. In Allenbrook. We'll take a break. Come back with more in a moment. I enjoyed that. This is Peter Vlahos. We're driving you home thanks to Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre. Toolmart, your Complete Tool Centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Doing all right. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Just quickly, uh, we have got Namibia none for five after the first over. Big MMA event is happening this weekend. Brett Bonetti, my MMA expert, joins us on the program. Hey, Brett. Good to join you once again, Peter. Well, we spoke during the course of today, and you said to me that UFC 280, which is on this Sunday, unusually in the United Arab Emirates of all places, is a big card. Oh, yeah, it's a massive card, and it's a huge main event and a huge co-main event as well. A couple of titles on the line, a few, uh, few big fights on the card, so really looking forward to this Sunday. Tell us about the, uh, the main one, the main event. Uh, tell us uh, about that one and who's likely to win. Yeah, this is a fascinating battle. It's for the lightweight championship of the world, and it's Charles Oliveira taking on Islam Makachev. And what makes this, uh, this matchup so fascinating, the belt is vacant. And the reason why it's vacant is because Charles Oliveira was the champion, but in his last fight against Justin Gaethje, he missed weight uh, by about 300 grams or something like that. So he lost his title on the scale. The fight went ahead. He won the fight, but, uh, but obviously couldn't win the title. So now it's a vacant belt against a very dangerous Makachev who is a very good ground game specialist. What makes this matchup so fascinating is Oliveira is very good on the ground as well, but he's improved on the feet, so it's going to be a really uh, fascinating matchup. So what do you think? Uh, who's going to take it, the, uh, the vacant belt that's up for grabs this Sunday? I tell you what, the favourite is Makachev, and a lot of people are on, uh, on the Makachev bandwagon because he's been tearing through his opponents. Uh, very quickly with his ground game, but I'm going to go. With, I'm going to stick with Charles Oliveira here. 
because, again, he is a really good ground game specialist himself. He's very comfortable there, but he's improved his, uh, his stand-up work. So he doesn't mind getting hit to get the fight where he wants it. So both guys are on massive win streaks as well. Oliveira won his last 11, Makachev last 10. So both guys come in in winning form, but I believe that, uh, that Oliveira is going to uh, get the belt back. Now, the co-main event is a UFC bantamweight championship bout. Tell us more about this one. Yeah, this is another interesting uh, matchup, Peter, because Aljamain Sterling was known as a paper champ for a while by the way he won the belt over Piotr Jan, who is actually on this card as well, by the way. But uh, but he, he basically won the rematch, so all of a sudden he put some credibility into his name by winning the, uh, the fight uh, fair and square. But he takes on a former two-time champion in TJ, TJ Dillashaw, and TJ Dillashaw is a former champion, but his name's a bit tainted, Peter, because he failed a uh, drug test uh, uh, probably about two and a half years ago, uh, probably longer than that. He's uh, served a two-year suspension. He got uh, you know, admitted taking the EPO. Uh, so he's, uh, his name's a bit tainted out there. So a lot of the fans aren't fans anymore. But, uh, but he did his time. He won his uh, fight back and earns the title shot against with a belt he didn't lose in the end. So... Um, it's going to be interesting, but I think that TJ Dillashaw, a lot of fans won't like this, but I think that uh, that he's going to get his belt back uh, with a victory over Sterling. The key to the matchup here, Sterling needs to get the fight to the ground. Dillashaw, he's got a good ground uh, uh, take and defense, but he's very good on the feet. So, but I don't believe that Sterling's going to be able to uh, to hold Dillashaw down on the ground long enough to get the win. You mentioned it is a big card. Uh, just some uh, other quick thoughts before we move on to the big event. That's going to be happening here in Perth at ROC Arena on February the 12th. Yeah, I like the bantamweight matchup between former champion Piotr Jan, who were really surprised that he lost that last fight against Aljamain Sterling. He takes on an up-and-coming Sean O'Malley, who is a fan favourite, making a lot of noise, very uh, you know, big in the social media game, has talkback shows and stuff like that. Uh, but, look, I think it's too early for Sean O'Malley. I think he's a very good striker. But, uh, but Jan is an absolute beast, and I think that it's too early for Sean O'Malley. He might prove me wrong this weekend. We'll have to wait and see. But I expect Jan to, uh, to get the victory there and challenge the winner of Sterling and Dillashaw. Good stuff, Brett. Before we move on, there's been a lot of talk since we spoke about Cody Haddon. After the big news about UFC 284 here at Perth's RAC Arena on February the 12th, is there a chance he could get onto the UFC event here in Perth? I'll tell you what, Pete, again, this kid is for real. Uh, Cody Haddon, now that the other one is uh, Stephen Astro Boy Erstek, but Cody Haddon is definitely on the right path. Uh, people have seen him fight at Eternal. I've called several of his fights. He's got a very good chance, but what he needs to do, he's got another fight coming up soon. He needs to make another statement and then put uh, the UFC eyes firmly on him and say, hey, this is a Perth, uh, Perth kid. Uh, we're coming to Perth. Uh, so he needs to keep making the statements, and I believe that he's got a good chance. But there is a massive push for Cody Haddon, who I've labelled the future, to be on that card in UFC uh, in, on February 12th at RFC Arena. Oh, good stuff, Brendan. Of course, you'll keep us right up to date uh, as we head closer to February the 12th there at RAC Arena. What an event that's going to be. Thanks for joining us here tonight, mate. And we'll keep in touch. Will do, Peter. You have a great day. Good on you, Brett. Uh, Brett Bonetti, our MMA expert, looks at everything to do with boxing and, of course, uh, UFC as we count down to that big event in Perth uh, early in February, February the 12th, to be exact. I hear the tickets are going uh, crazy. 
for that event. All right, that's been the show. Drive with Peter Vlahos for tonight. I'll be back on Saturday at 9am with Nat Medhurst, the former Australian Diamonds champion. She co-hosts the Ladbrokes Lounge with yours truly. Look forward to your company then. Thanks, Lee, and thanks, Jimmy. Enjoy your Friday tomorrow and catch you on Saturday.